Parashaski Seitze has many, many mitzvahs, according to the standard count of the Sefer HaChinuch. It has the most mitzvahs of any parash in the Torah by a wide margin. There are 613 mitzvahs, and Parashat Kiseitze has 74 of them, more than 10%. There are, of course, going to be many themes that are connected to many mitzvahs in this parasha. One theme we're going to discuss tonight is Tzar Balechayim. There are a number of mitzvahs in, the, in, the, in this parasha, which, the, which our Mesorah, our tradition, relates to Tzar Balechayim. One of them is the mitzvah of Ti'ina, loading up an animal. It says, Lo Someone has a donkey or an axe, it's falling, it's, uh, it's, 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 struggling, it's struggling with its load. You shouldn't ignore it. Help him. Help him, uh, help him uh, arrange, the, arrange the burden on the, on the animal properly. Tina is, it, it, there's a cognate mitzvah back in Parshish Mishpatim. It says that you see your, your enemy's donkey, it's crouching, it's collapsing under its burden. You should help him. The Gemara Mbavansiya has a lengthy discussion about the relationship between these two mitzvahs. One of them is referring to Prika, the one of Mishpatim is Prika, helping him unload the animal if it's overloaded and needs to be unburdened. The mitzvah in this parasha is Te'ina, helping him load the animal. The Gemara actually says that Prika involves Tzar Balechayim. If the animal is overburdened and needs to be unburdened, that's you're helping the animal. The animal is suffering. Te'ina, loading the animal, the animal is perfectly happy not to be loaded. The only had what the psukim are not clear which one is which. The, 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 the Gemara above Metzia says, why do you have to have both? Because, because if you just had prika, you wouldn't know tina because there's no tzar balechayim. So the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara says, well, why can't you just write tina? So the Gemara has a couple of shatim. So one shat is we wouldn't know which pasuk is which. That if you just had one pasuk, you would say that pasuk is prika, which involves tzar balechayim. There are two psukim to tell you both prika and tina. Is uh, the Torah commands you to help, and at least one of them, the Gemara says, is because it involves, it, Prika at least involves Tzar Balechayim. Another mitzvah in the parasha, a pair of mitzvahs related to, to Tzar Balechayim, we'll discuss this in much more detail later, is Shiloh HaKain. Pasuk says, Ki karei kansi parlefanecha, you encounter a nest, baderach, bechaleit, al haaret, efrochimo beitzim, there are chicks or eggs, and the mother is The mother is roosting; it's sitting on the on, on the on the chicks or, or the eggs. Don't take the mother from on top of the birds, from her, her babies. Rather, send the mother away. And then take the, the children, the eggs or the or the chicks for yourself. Hashem will do good for you if you do that. You'll have a lengthy life. This is the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain, as we'll discuss in some detail later. The, according to a number, of, a number of, of Jewish thinkers, this is related to Shiloh HaKain, although that's a, or this is related to Tzar Balechayim, although that's a matter of some controversy. Another mitzvah in the parsha, connected to Tzar Balechayim by some, by some Rishonim, is Kilei Behema. There are several types of Kilayim. There's Shatnei, wearing woolen linen in the same garment. There's Kilei Harba, there's cross-breeding cross an animal. There is Kilei Zroim and Kilei Akerem, planting different species together, planting grain with, with, with a vineyard, or, or, or planting two different types of, of grains or, or, or other types of uh, vegetables together. But, but what, in our Pasha, the Torah mentions Lo Sacharosh Bashar Vachmar Yachtav. This is perhaps one of the less, uh, less common ones, but it says you should not plow with, a, with an ox and a donkey together. And some Rishonim understand that the issue is Tzar Balechayim. How is there Tzar Balechayim and plowing with two types of animals together? So Rav Asher Weiss, in a, in, in, in a uh, tour de force essay on Tzar Balechayim, he brings that there are actually two different explanations of the Rishonim in how, in how the, the prohibition against plowing together involves Tzar Balechayim. He says, uh, the Chinuch already says that the issue is Tzar Balechayim, he says, so, so the Chinuch just says that behemoths are not comfortable hanging out with members of a different species. Behemoths and Ophos have 
to agogidola to be with another species, so it makes them sad to be yoked together with, uh, I guess they're xenophobic, they're, 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 they like their own species, but he brings that there are two other, two more concrete explanations for what the, the tsar is. Ibn Ezra says that the shor is stronger than the chamar, and, it's, and the chamar has tsar. I'm not sure if the tsar is keeping up with a stronger partner, it's harder for it physically, or it just means psychologically, seeing the big, strong shar makes it feel uh, inadequate. All right. But uh, he says the Balaturim gives a different explanation. He says the shar is malagera. The shar chews its cud. The chamar does not. So the chamar sees the shar. It always has some food. It's eating, it's, eating, it's happy, it's, uh, and the chamar has nothing. So psychologically, it's hard. The chamar feels deprived. Okay. But Echshiyah, the Chinuch, the Ben Ezra, the... The Balaturim all say that the prohibition against plowing with a donkey and ox together is because of Tzar Balechayim. Also, in our parasha, is Losachsim Sharbadisho. It is prohibited from muzzling an ox when it's engaged in Disha, in threshing the grain. As we discussed a number of weeks ago, the Gemara relates this to, tzar, to, to making the animal suffer, to Tzar Balechayim. The, the Gemara has a question, what happens if the if the if the grain or the, the work the animal is doing involves food which is not healthy for the animal. The animal it th- thinks it wants it, it looks, it looks tasty, but it's going to cause the animal to get sick and to have uh, diarrhea. So the Gemara says, well, do we look at the, the tsar of the short term, that right now the animal, the, the, if you muzzle the ox, it'll suffer because it's looking at that apparently tasty-looking grain and it wants it? Or do you look at the bigger picture and say the animal is, will not be happy if it eats this thing? The, the animals, you know, often we say animals know what's good for them. Not always. Sometimes the animal wants something which is not really in its best interest. So clearly the Gemara says the issue is the tsar of the animal. The only question is whether we look at the short-term tsar or the long-term tsar. Rav Asher brings this one as well. Rav Asher says that the Rav Asher says that the the he bring, Rav Asher brings a total of thirteen different sources or psukim in the Torah or mitzvahs that the that 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 the, that, that the Rishonim or Chazal or Rishonim relate to uh, relate to relate to Tzar Balechaim. And he says, Rav Asher has an idea, he says that there's not, uh, there's not a single mitzvah in the Torah which clearly says that, the, that there's an isra of Tzar Balechayim. But the, regarding Los Haksim Shabbatisho, he brings Rishonim, he brings the Shittim Kbetz B'Shem, the Ravid and the Meiri, that, uh, that, that, that we learn Tzar Balechayim from, this is the source, we learn it from Los Haksim Shabbatisho. Not all these mitzvahs that does the Gemara say we learn losach, we learn from these. For example, when it talks about pre-kintina, it doesn't say we learn sarbalechaim from the mitzvah. It just says how we understand why you need two psukim. Depends on whether we say sarbalechaim daraisa or not. The Gemara says we see from the people who darshan these psukim that sarbalechaim is daraisa. But anyway, there, there, there are thirteen different sources. Rav Asher says different mitzvahs in the Torah, or, or even just narrative sections in the Torah, which the Rishonim and Chazal sometimes relate to sarbalechaim. Besides the ones we've listed, he brings that the Rambam and the Sefer Chassidim both say that when the when the Malach reprimanded Bilam, the Malach told Bilam, he said that that what, why why did you strike why did you strike the donkey? That the that the the Rishonim say that it's a question of Tzar Balechaim hitting an innocent donkey. Tzar Balechaim is deraisa almahi kisa sasonicha. That uh, we, we shouldn't do that. We, we shouldn't cause. Sometimes we have to injure hurt animals, but there's no reason for it. Just just cruelty. We we, we should start with a, with a pasture of rachmanus. We we shouldn't cause pain to animals for no reason. So we have that. We have the Rashi and Shabbos says we learn it from the Azov Tazov Imo from the mitzvah of Prika. We mention Lasaksim Sharbadisho. Another one is the Sefer Achinuch says that. You should not slaughter a mother and a, and, and a child animal on the same day. The Chinuch says that's to inculcate in ourselves the, the character traits of compassion and to distance us from cruelty, even though we're allowed to eat shrita, but to kill them, to kill the, 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 the parent and child on the same day, that's, uh, that, that, that's a question, that's something the Torah prohibits. Shalom HaKain, we'll discuss more in more detail soon. Losaksim Sharbadisho, we discussed. Aver Menachai, the Chinuch says that cutting out, cutting off an Aver from a live animal, that's Achzari is Gadol, that's great cruelty.
Shechitim and Atzavar, the very mitzvah of Shechitim itself, the fact that we shech specifically from the neck, is to avoid causing more pain, that we're allowed to eat the animal, but don't hurt it more than necessary. Shechitim is a relatively painless uh, way of killing the animal. It, it, it's a minimal, it's a minimal, uh, minimal pain to the animal. The, the Ramban says that the Eber Menachai is because of, uh, is, it, it implies that, that it's a question of cruelty and, and so on. The, going back to narrative sections beyond mitzvahs, the Sefer Yom Trua of, the, of Moshe Ibn Chaviv, he says that, in, that when, when Hashem told Moshe to speak to the rock and bring forth water, he says, And you shall give to drink the, the people and their animals. So Hashem Baruch told him to get water, not just for the, for the people, but for the animals. Again, one could argue that it was an economic question, the need of the animals for, for Parnassah. Okay, but the, the, the Maram Chaviv says it's Tzar Balechayim. Sefer Haredim says, The mitzvah of imitatio day, of, of imitating God. We should be like Hashem Baruch The Gemara Darshan's Havidomila, we should be like Hashem. Mahu Rachum, Afate Rachum, Hashem is Rachum, and we should be Rachum. This really goes together with the next one. Ravasha brings Hashem Sofer says that, the, that it says, Varachum of Lakal Masaf, that the Hashem has Rachmanus, we say in Ashrei, Tov Hashem Lakal, Varachum of Lakal Masaf, Hashem has Rachmanus on everything and all his creations, even on animals. And, and this really goes together with, uh, with the previous one. A Pasuk in Tehillim doesn't tell you Tzar Balechaim is Daraisa. On the other hand, Zekel Evanvei will be like Hashem, who said Hashem cares about animals. But you put these two psukim together, Verachmav al Kalmasav tells us that Hashem cares about animals, and then the Torah, we know that, because the Tehillim describes the Kodesh Baruch Hu as being kind to animals, and then, and then the Gemara Darshan, Zekel Evanvei, that's a Pasuk in, in, in Beshalach, in, in the Shira Sayam. We are commanded to resemble a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So that's a, that's a Din Daraisa to uh, the Torah cares about Tzar Balechaim. He brings, he brings the Gemara in Brachos, it says... That the, that the Gemara says, we say in the second parish of Shema, Venasati Esev Techa, and then the Achal Tavasavata, that Kipruto uh, means Hashem will give us grass in the fields for our animals, and will give us food, and we'll eat, and we'll be satisfied. But the Gemara Darshans, that first you have to attend to the needs of your animals, first Esev Besadcha for your animals, only then can you eat. This is the source of the halacha that a person is not allowed to eat before he feeds his animals. Rabbi Yaakov Emden says it's based on Tzar Balechayim. And therefore, it applies to different types of animals, domestic animals, chayas, and so on, as long as they're your responsibility. We have this mitzvah, it's again rooted in Tzar Balechayim. He finally brings a Shittim Kubetzes in the name of the Ritva, the Tzar Balechayim is Halach Sinai. So we have a variety of sources, none of the sources is absolutely clear, but we have a variety of sources that the Torah cares, that it, it, it is a concern on a derisive level of Tzar Balechayim. He begins by bringing your advaz. The advaz says that Tzar Balechayim, even though it's Daraisa, it's not a losase, it's not an assay. You can't point to a specific commandment that says, generally speaking, don't do Tzar Balechayim. All these mitzvahs are fairly narrow mitzvahs pointing to a, uh, pointing to a specific uh, prohibited conduct. But in general, this is a famous idea of Rav Asher that, uh, that sometimes we, we see from the overall, the overall, the Torah, holistically, we see the Torah cares about something what the constitutional scholars call penumbras, that they, that they emerge from specific, uh, specific laws that are general concern for Tzar Balechayim in this case. Even though it's not a specific mitzvah, we see it's the Ratzon of the Torah. In addition to the 613 mitzvahs, we, we generally have to do Ratzon Hashem. If it's clear from the, the whole body of the Torah, the narrative sections, a number of other mitzvahs, the Torah cares about Tzar Balechayim, that becomes a biblical imperative of Tzar Balechayim that we can learn Ratzon Hashem from mitzvahs, we can learn it from the, the other sections, the non-mitzvah sections of the Torah, and we have these 13, 13 psukim, 13 places in the Torah, or Halachim Hashem Sinai, that we see some kind of uh, ethos of Tzar Balechayim. There is one, I think, that Rav Asher missed. There is, uh, there is one final one that he does, that, that, that he does not bring, that uh, that there's a midrash in there's a midrash in Dvarim Rabbah that it says that when, when you when you have an animal, when an animal is born, you can't bring it for a carbon for the first eight, for the first seven days. from the eighth day and on, it'll be it's suitable for a carbon. The in, in Dvarim Rabbah and Midrash Rabbah and Dvarim, the the, the the midrash understands this as also an issue of Tzar Balechayim, similar to Osef Espino, that uh, we can eat animals, you can bring them as carbonos, but certain types of, uh, certain things are excessive, are just too cruel, are just too heartless, taking a baby away within seven, within, eight, within the first seven days of its birth, that's considered uh, a violation of Tzar Balechayim. 
the way the Midrash says it, 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 it begins by saying, why is a baby circumcised on the eighth day, not before that? Kashbarach had compassion on the baby to wait till he's strong enough to be able to tolerate the Mila properly. And then it says, Kishem Shirachmav Shalakashbarach Wala Adam. Hashem, of course, has compassion for people. He has Rachmanas on the Behema. What's the source? Shinemar, Miyamash Mini Vahala. The fact that you wait doesn't use the word Sarbalachayim, but it says from the eighth day and on, you, uh, you can bring it for a carbon. So that, that's, a, that's a question of Rachmanas for Hashem on the animal. Furthermore, Osef Espinola, that one of Asher did bring, that you don't check Osef Espinola on the same day. And then it says, Kishem Shinasana Kashbarchu Rachmal Behema, just as the Kashbarchu has compassion on Behemas, so too he is full of Rachmanas, Nismali Rachmala Ophos, and birds as well. What is the source for that? Back to our Parsha, Ki Karei Kanti Parlufanecha, Midrash Rabba says that the midst of Shiloh HaKain is evidence of Hashem's Rachmanas on Ophos. So we have numerous different mitzvahs in the Torah and narrative sections which the Rishonim, Rishonim and Chazal even connect to Tzar Balechayim, Rav Asher 13, the 14th one of Miyom HaShmini Bahala. So we have, we, we have lots of sources for the idea of Tzar, of Tzar Balechayim being Daraisa. There are many halachas of Tzar Balechayim, Postkim grapple with trying to define exactly what is permitted and what is prohibited. On the one hand, the Truma Sedeshan rules and the Ramah Paskins this way that the general rule is, the, the kind of the, the, the key principle of Tzar Balechayim is that human need to take precedence. Anytime there is a legitimate human need, that overrides the, the imperative to avoid c- causing pain to animals. On the other hand, the Truma Sedeshan says, even when things are mutter, first of all, it's, uh, if, if it's achzarius, certain things are achzarius and people avoid it, even if it's nikra din mutter, it's the right thing to do, the Ramah brings that. And furthermore, various postkim various posts can assume that it's not, it's not black and it's not absolute. It doesn't mean that any human need whatsoever justifies any type of Tzar uh, Balechayim. Certainly uh, frivolous or you know, pure entertainment needs don't. Ravadi Yosef says bullfighting, as I recall, is absolutely prohibited as Tzar Balechayim. The fact that it's entertainment and you enjoy it is not a justification. Posts can discuss whether hunting is permitted for Tzar Balechayim. Whether hunting is Sorry? Hunting for pleasure, right? Hunting for, 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 for business, for meat, or for hides is certainly permitted. Hunting for pleasure, post can debate whether there's a prohibition of Tzar Balechaim. Yehuda says it was mutter, because it's Tzarech Adam, whether he meant the, the skins, the hides, or the pleasure. Other posts can bring up the issue of Tzar Balechaim on hunting for pleasure. So in general, there, there, there is a rich body of literature on the question of what types of human needs justify what types of Tzar. We're not going to get into that much of this discussion tonight. We will return to one, if we have time, we'll return to one uh, fascinating, fascinating instance of this debate. Before we do that, though, I want to discuss in more detail Shiluach HaKain. So as we mentioned, we just saw in Dvarim Rabbah, the Dvarim Rabbah says explicitly that Shiluach HaKain, the midst of Shiluach HaKain, is evident that Hashem's Rachmanus extends even to Ophos, not just to humans, not just to animals, even to Ophos. And this is the opinion of a number of Rishonim and Achronim, as we'll see. However... The, the discussion really begins from a Gemara which seems to unequivocally reject, well, maybe not unequivocally, there are two opinions in the Gemara, but the Gemara seems to explicitly reject this idea that, that Shiloh HaKain is based on Rachmanus. The Mishnah in Bracha says that there are various, various formulations, various nischos that a person can say when he davens that, that are problematic. There are certain things that a person can say that Meshat, that Meshat Genoso, we silence him, we don't let him say that, because there's something theologically problematic about what he's saying. Mishnah has uh, several examples. One of them is, Ha'omer al-kan rachamecha. Sounds like a beautiful tefillah. The Shleich Tiber says that just as your mercy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, extends even to the nests of birds, so too may your, uh, may your mercy extend to us. So that sounds like a beautiful tefillah, but the, the Mishnah says, Meshat so we silence him, you're not allowed to say that. The Gemara says, why? What's the issue? Well, what's, what's wrong with that? So the Gemara said it's machlokus. One of them says, a curious point, he says, He's making invidious distinctions, he's causing, the, he's causing jealousy that Takosh Baruch Hu cares about uh, the birds, he doesn't care about other, other creations, that, uh, that you can't do that. The other opinion is, though, this is the one we're going to focus on tonight, by interpreting Shiloh Cain as being rooted in Rachmanus and compassion, he's making Kosh Baruch Hu's mitzvah into a, into a matter of Rachmanus. It's not, and an Alexeris. They're simply 
decrees of the Melech without any, without any, with, with no ability, we have no ability to understand them, to, you know, to, to try to impose reason upon them. We can't do that. We should just accept them as Xeris. So it seems to be an explicit Gemara that you're not supposed to say that Shulach and Kenes Rachmanes, Meshat Kenoso, it's only Xeris. The Gemara brings a curious story. It says there was once a Shliach Tzibur and he, in, in the presence of Rabbah, and he said, he said this, Nosuch, he said, you have compassion on the bird's nest. Please have compassion on us. Have compassion. Amar Rabbah, wow, this is wonderful. This is, this is, this is a chazan who really knows how to daven. Amar really? That's your idea of a, of, of a, of a, of a, of a model chazan? The mission says, You're not allowed to say that. Amar says, you're right. You're not allowed to say that. Rabbah was not being serious. Rabbah was testing Abai. He was trying to see if he could uh, if, Abai, if he can get Abai to say what he was supposed to say. But the halacha, you're not allowed to say, we pass him like this Mishnah. And again, the Gemara gives two reasons. One of the reasons is that it's illegitimate to interpret the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain as Rachmanus, while in reality it is merely a Gzer. Tosus doesn't understand. Tosus says that we have a piyot of Rabbi Elazar Kaler that in the Kedusha that we say on the second day of Pesach, we, we, we say his piyut mostly on the Yom Naram. Many shuls, most shuls I've been to don't say all the Yotzros on, on the Yom Tovim. Many Jewish communities did used to say them. But in, in the time of the Rishonim, the, these were commonly, uh, the, they, they were well-versed in these. They used to recite them. So, uh, so the one we say on the second day of Pesach in Kedusha, it says, Sodku Echad, he interprets it as a, as, as a tzedek, as a righteousness, as something that's uh, easily understood and, and uh, justifiable. So, uh, so Kodesh Baruch does care about Osef Espino, as we said earlier, various other Rishonim say, Osef Espino is Rachmanus. The Tosis doesn't understand, generally speaking, if we're allowed to say that other mitzvahs are Rachmanus, like Osef Espino, why aren't we allowed to say Shiloh HaKain? What's the difference? Tosis doesn't have an explanation. He says... He doesn't understand. Oh, are we allowed to interpret mitzvahs as Xeris, as Rachmanos? Should we have to say they're Xeris? Tosis doesn't understand. Tosis leaves it at that. In the Rambam, there is a very difficult contradiction. Three places. The Rambam talks about this in the Pirusha Mishnah, on this Mishnah, in the Ziyad HaChazaka, in his Halachic Code, and in the Maranavuchim, in the Guide for the Perplexed. In the Pirusha Mishnah and the Yad HaChazaka, in his Halachic works, he accepts the Mishnah, La Halacha, and he accepts the reason of the Gemara, he endorses, he codifies the reason of the Gemara, that it's because of, it's only Xerah, it's not because of Rachmanus. In the Pirush Mishnah, he says that if a person says, he who has Rachmanus on the Khan Tzipar should have Rachmanus on us, Meshat Kenoso, because, he says Meshat Kenoso, because the, I'm sorry, this is in the Yad HaZakah, because he's making, these mitzvahs are Xerah Sakasovain, they're simply Xerah Sakasov, they're not Rachmanus, if there be Rachmanus, the Torah wouldn't allow Shechita at all. The fact that the Torah allows us to kill means the Torah does not care about uh, the animal, and therefore it's only Xerah. We saw other Rishonim said that there are limits. The Torah lets you kill animals, but not that much cruelty. The Rambam says, no, what the Gemara is telling us here is, HaKash Baruch Hu does not care about birds, and therefore it's wrong to say it's a Rachmanus. It is merely a Xerah. He says something similar in the Pirish Mishnah. He says that you're tempted to say, just as you had compassion on the bird's nest, and you said, have Rachmanus on us. We silence him because he's being told on If it would be Rachmanus, there wouldn't be a din of Shechita. It's a mitzvah mekubelas. It's simply a received tradition. It has no reason. Very strong words. Rambam the Marnavuchim is emphatic that all mitzvahs have reasons, as we're about to see. But here he says, Chazala telling us, this mitzvah has no tam. It is a mitzvah mekubelas. It's not Rachmanus. However, in the Marnavuchim, Rambam explains that it is rooted in Rachmanus like the Dvarim Rabbah. We already said the Midrash Rabbah says it's rooted in Rachmanus. Rambam says that the Rambam says that the that the that, that the Torah cares about the psychological distress that the animals will have uh, the animals will have when, when, when they see the, the loss of their children. Certainly he says we should care about people. He says that even animals the Torah cares about certainly about people. Earlier, the Ram says, Osef Espino is also Rachmanus. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't check the, the, the child in front of the mother. Because Tarba Lechayim Bekach, Gadol Ma'od. 
And the Raman says a remarkable thing. He says there's no difference between the tsar of a person and the tsar of other animals. Why, he says? Because a person has seichel, a person has intellect. But this type of emotional pain is not related to intellect, he says. The love of a mother and her, and her compassion for her child is not related to reason and logic, he says. It's pula, it's other faculties of the brain, which animals, animals have it exactly the same as people, and therefore the Torah cares about their suffering as well. And Shiloh HaKain is based on Rachmanus, he says. And even, even birds and animals the Torah cares about, certainly human beings, you should be very careful to show compassion. Now the Rambam says, how can I claim this? What about the Gemara? Chazal say that, uh, the Mishnah says you can't say, and the Gemara says, because it's wrong to say it's Rachmanus, it's only Xera. Says the Rambam, yes, what I'm saying is inconsistent with that Gemara. But the reason is, he says, is because... Earlier, when the Rambam started his grand project in the Marnevuchim of giving reasons for all the mitzvahs, he said that philosophers disagree as to the fundamental question of how to interpret uh, the word of God. Some said it's just pure will, that whatever God says, it's that, that, that's its own justification. There's no need for any kind of logic or reason. God's will, God's command is self-justifying. He's not, he's not bound by, there's no framework of logic to explain it. But we disagree. That, that, that was the opinion of some philosophers. We disagree, the Rambam says. We explained that, that the mitzvahs have reasons. And therefore, he says, this Gemara is following a rejected philosophical school of thought that mitzvahs have no reasons. We don't accept that. We believe mitzvahs do have reasons. We follow the other school of thought, and therefore, this Gemara is simply wrong. Again, the Rambam is a blatant contradiction because in the Pirish Mishnah, he said, it's a mitzvah mukubelas. First of all, the basic halacha in, in, in the the Ram and the Marnevuchim is telling you we don't pass like that Gemara, while in the Pirusha Mishnah and the Yad, he says we do pass like that Gemara. And moreover, in the, you know, the, the language, in the Pirusha Mishnah, he says, Ein Latam, it has no reason. Of course, mitzvahs have reasons, the Ram says. And parak after parak in the Marnevuchim, of course, mitzvahs have reasons. So, very, very difficult to reconcile the, reconcile the Rambam in the Marnevuchim with the Rambam in the with the Rambam in, the, in, the, in, in his Yad HaChazaka and, and Pirish Mishnah, A number of Akhardim attempt to do it. Rav Asher Weiss has an explanation. We're not going to get into the possible explanations. I'll call upon him. The Rambam in the, in the, in the Mordevuchim says the reason is Rachmanus, despite the fact that he does not say that. The Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara rejects that. The Rambam himself rejects that in the Yad HaChazaka and the Pirish Mishnah. In the Mordevuchim, he follows what seems to be the Midrash Rabbah, the Dvarim Rabbah, that says that we see from Shloch HaKain, Rachmanus. So it's a, it seems to be a major machlokus. We have the Rambam, the, we have the Gemara, according to one opinion, the, 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 and the Rambam and the Yad HaZak and the Pirish Mishnah against the, the Midrash Rabbah and Dvarim and the Rambam and the Marnavuch. The Ramban also insists that Shiloh Cain is based on Rachmanus. The Ramban brings the Rambam, and he's not happy with the Rambam, the, the Rambam and the Marnavuchim. He's not happy with it. He says, ultimately... The point the Rambam makes in the Yad and the Pirish mission is correct. We don't actually care about animals. The fact that Torah lets you eat them means we don't really care about them. So to that extent, he agrees with Rambam in the, in the Yad and the Pirish mission that we do not actually care about animals. However, nevertheless, it is still correct to say that Shiluach HaKain is based on Rachmanus. How do we square that circle? How can we have it both ways? How can we, he wants to defend Chazal. Instead of saying Chazal is just wrong, like the Rambam says in the Marnevuchim, he wants to defend Chazal. Chazal were correct when they said that it's, it's wrong to make How can you have it both ways? So the Ramban has a very lengthy discussion of the whole theory of Tamei HaMitzvahs in general, but the Ramban explains that we don't objectively care about the animal because animals are given to us to eat. Rather, it's, it is psychological. It's to inculcate good character traits in us, he says. He says, if we get used to killing animals, he says, even though there's objectively nothing wrong with it, that uh, corrodes our, our, our moral sensitivities, it will make us cruel, he says, that he gives an example, he says, butchers, people who shecht large animals, shvarim agadolim and chamorim, they're bloody people, they're, they're cruel and bloody people, even though it's technically can be the, the sweetest guy in the world, if you understand philosophically that there's nothing wrong with killing animals, you can be a sweet guy and kill animals, humans are not built like that, even if there's no moral problem, but killing animals corrodes our midos, he says, and even though we're allowed to shecht, he says, but we shouldn't shecht, uh, you know, we shouldn't be too cruel, and therefore we, uh, and therefore he says, that's why the Torah says, he says, that's what Chazal means when they said, tov shabbat tavachim shutafa shalab malik, 
Shutafim, the Tabachim are considered uh, Shutafim Shalamalek, because they, they, their midos are corroded. And that's what Chazal mean. They, they say, it's wrong to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu objectively cares about the birds. He doesn't. However, it, it's only Xerah, but the Xerah doesn't mean it's, it's Xerah Chok Blotam. It, it, it doesn't mean it's, uh, it's Xerah that has no meaning. It means it's Xerah, meaning it's for us. It's to, it's to develop our midos. It's Xerah. Xerah's banu, they're Xerah's for our benefit, to guide us and to teach us good midas. That's the sheet of the Ramban. Ultimately, it's based on Rachmanus, not objective Rachmanus for the, for the birds themselves, but Rachmanus to inculcate in us good character traits. Uh, some say that's what the Ramban means also. The Ramban himself, I believe, in one place in the Marna Vukum says, we don't really care about animals, it's only for our own benefit, and Abarbanel says that the Rambam and the Ramban mean the same thing, what the, what the Ramban says is already Nichlal and the Rambam he says, Ein lahar, about what the Rambam said, Ramban says, ki emes yegechiko that's already included in the Rambam, the Rambam is not really adding anything new, all that is what the Rambam meant as well so at the end of the day, again we have a major machlokas, we have the, we have the one opinion of the Bavli and the Rambam and the Yad and the Pirish and Mishnah, that it's not because of Rachmanus, it's wrong to say Rachmanus, it's just Xerah and we have the Ramban and the Rambam and the Maranavuchim that say, no, it is based on Rachmanus, whether it's actual Rachmanus, as the Rambam in the, the Maranavuchim seems to say over here, or whether it's as the Ramban understands, it's to train us in Rachmanus. Either way, the Shiloh Cain is rooted in Rachmanus. And this, this Shita of the Rambam and the Ramban is, is the subject, is discussed in a remarkable and perhaps not so well-known tshuva of the Chasim Sofer. Chasim Sofer was asked a question halacha question about Shiloh HaKain. The original question had to do about Shiloh HaKain on Shabbos, but in the course of his discussion, the Chasim Sofer discusses in an, an earlier Machlok Sachronim, going back to the Chavos Yair, whether the Torah says don't take the mother when the birds are there, rather send away the mother and take the birds. So let's say I'm walking down the street, I see a nest, I don't particularly want the chicks, I get my poultry from the grocery store or the butcher, I don't have any particular interest in the chicks, but Mitzvah the Torah, send away the mother and take the birds. Do I have to do that or not? Some posts can say, yes, the Torah says, first of all, don't do that, but then it says, an explicit commandment. If you see a nest, send away the mother and take the birds. That's a mitzvah. Other Akronim say no. Other Akronim say, it means if you want the birds, you don't, don't take the mother when she's on the birds, and also don't take the birds while the, while the mother's there. Don't take either one without the other. If you want the, the, the babies, the chicks or the eggs, then first send away the mother and take the birds. It's like, it's like shechita. If you want to eat, there's no mitzvah to go around checking animals. If you want to eat an animal, first shechita. There's no mitzvah to go around divorcing your wife. If you, if you want to divorce your wife, do it with, uh, with Gerishim and so on. Some, some, some posts can understand Shiloh came this way as well. There's no mitzvah to go around sending the mother away and taking the birds. If you want the birds, this is the mitzvah, this is how to do it. Don't do it the wrong way. If you don't want the birds, let, them, let, let the poor things, uh, leave them alone. Let, 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 them, uh, let them go in peace. Other Acharim say no. The Chavaziar says no. The Torah says, Shalach to Shalach es ha'em, The Torah commands us to send away the mother and take the birds, and that's what we have to do. So the Chazam Sofer says, who's right? How do we paskin? So he discusses this question. He says, let's think. He says, according to Rambam and Ramban, that the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain is based on Rachmanus. Does it make any sense at all, he says, if you don't want the mother bird, the baby birds, to send her away and take, and take the bird just for the sake of training yourself in Rachmanus? That's perverse, he says. The whole point of the Torah is, if you need the eggs, minimize the cruelty by sending the mother away first. To go out of your way to send the mother away and take the birds? That's not training yourself in, uh, in Rachmanus. You're going out of your way to needlessly cause suffering to a bird. He says, he says, uh, instead of learning not to be cruel, you're teaching yourself to be cruel, to go bothering birds when you have no, when you have no reason to. You're, teaching, you're training yourself in Achzarius to, to, to be Mitzar Balechaim al Mogain, to chase away the mother from her children. Now we've come full circle. Not only is the mitzvah, not only is the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain based in Rachmanus, doing Shiloh HaKain when you don't want the birds, that itself violates Tzar Balechaim Daraisa. Bothering the bird for no reason, that itself violates Tzar Balechaim Daraisa. Now good, he says, the Ramban does say that Hashem doesn't really care about the birds, uh, that, that it's just, uh, we're allowed to eat them, so Hashem doesn't care. It's to train us, it's to train, it's to train us to have Rachmanus. So, but that says, if you need them, then, then train yourself for Rachmanus by, doing, by minimizing the cruelty. If you don't need the birds, he says, Achzari, you see, then it's just cruelty, there's no justification for it. 
So the Chassam Sofer says that according to Rambam and Ramban, according to their Hezber, the Chinuch, according to this interpretation of the of the Shmitz of Shiloh HaKain, then it, it, it's actually perverse and wrong to do Shiloh HaKain if you don't actually want the eggs or the chicks. Now the Ramban himself, after his discussion of Rachmanus, does bring a, a Pshadal Pikabala for Shiloh HaKain. He brings from the, the Midrash of Bidchun Yahakana something Alpisod. He doesn't really explain it uh, so well. But more famously, the Chavaz Yar brings the Zohar. The Zohar has, a, has an explanation of Shiloh HaKain which not only is it not about Rachmanus, it's virtually the opposite. Now, I don't really understand this, only Asik Benistaris, but the Zohar says the myth of Shiloh HaKain is deliberately, it, the, the whole point is to cause the mother suffering, and the reason we do that is to arouse the Yilalas Ima Yilal Banah, to arouse the wailing of the supernal mother, some aspect of God, some manifestation of God on her children, that when the bird cries out over its young who are being taken from it, so too the the bird is upset at being chased away, or at the, the birds being taken, at, at, at the at the net birds being taken. So too, the the supernal mother is supposed to is going to get upset about, feel bad that we're in gullus and suffering, and redeem us. That's the mitzvah shiluch hakain. So it's actually deliberately to cause the mother pain. Then it makes a lot of sense. He says, even if you don't want the eggs, yeah, go bother the mother. Go go make the mother suffer so that in order to get rachmanis for us. So he says, if you're going to the czar, it makes a lot of sense. That even if you don't want the the chicks, there would still be a mitzvah. How do we paskin? According to the Ramban, the Ramban, he says there would be no mitzvah shiloh hakein adrab. It's wrong. It's perverse cruelty to do it if you don't want them. According to the Zohar, it actually is a mitzvah to, to do it even if you don't want it. So how do we paskin? So the Chassam Sofer says from the, from the Talmud Bavli, the Talmud Bavli does not hold like the Zohar because the Talmud Bavli indicates that there is no distinction between shiloh hakein, bizman, that, uh, that bizman base of mikdash, with no base of mikdash, even when we're not in Golos and, 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 we don't, and we're not looking for, we're not desperate for Rachmanus, there's still a mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain. And the Gemara's mashma that uh, there's absolutely no distinction. The Gemara says, the, the Mishnah says that it's, that, that it's B'fnei Abayis and Shiloh B'fnei Abayis. The Gemara says, what's a Chiddush? The Gemara says, there's no Chiddush. The Gemara's Mavor, there's no distinction whatsoever between when the Beis Mikdash stands and when it doesn't stand. So the Al-Karchach, he says, that means that the, the time of the Zohar is not the time. The time is the Rambam's time, the Ramban's time. If it's Rachmanus, then yes, then there's no reason whatsoever to distinguish between whether the Beis Mikdash stood or not. The Chassam Sofer therefore concludes that the Iker is like the Ram and the Ramban, Alpinigla, the Bavli follows Ram and Ramban. Now it's the Bavli verse, the Zohar, he says, we have a standard klal, when there's Machlokas, Nigla and Nistar, Einlano Esek Benistaros, Van Nigla is Lanul Vanenu, we follow the Nigla, and therefore... Later he gets back to his original question about Shabbos, but regarding this question, should a person do Shiloh HaKain if he doesn't want the babies? The Chassam Sofer concludes that the answer is no. It's actually, since the, the Rambam and the Ramban, which is the opinion of the Bavli, says no, it's wrong, it's actually wrong to do it, it's perverse cruelty. Now, the dominant practice today is people do do it. Many Gedolim say it's a great mitzvah, they find bird's nests, they do it. A year or two ago, a year or two ago, we had a, a, neighbor, a neighbor and friend of ours had a bird's nest on their front lawn, so they, in front of their house. They were inviting everyone from the neighborhood to go do Shiloh HaKain, and they invited us. So I did not do it. My wife did do it, and my son did it. I did not do it because I found this position of the Chassam Sofer very appealing. I tend to be, I tend to have a, be a soft, soft-hearted with regard to animals. I found this idea of Nigla versus Nistar appealing, and the Chassam Sofer is one of the great poskim. Moreover, Rav Asher Weiss, Rav Asher Weiss is a Hasidish, he's not some kind of uh, liberal rationalist. Rav Asher Weiss has a lengthy discussion. He, he, on the one hand, he points out the Chassam Sofer is, is doing something very unusual. We spoke a while back about being Durish Tamar Dekra, about making up our own reasons for mitzvahs and deriving halachas from them. We don't usually do that based on speculative reasons. The Ram and the Ramban and Midrashim are our are, are, are major sources, but still, to start deriving halacha from reasons is, uh, is a remarkable thing to do. But Lamaisa the Chassam Sofer does it, and Rav Asher, after going through the sugya in detail, says, it is a machlokis, there are a in both ways, and therefore Rav Asher says, Shev al whenever we have a dilemma about what to do, when there's a cost on both sides, it's, it's a great mitzvah that you should do according to some poskim, you must do, you should do according to some poskim, it's wrong, it's perverse cruelty according to the Chassam Sofer, so what do you do? There's no safe course, Rav Asher Wai says the standard rule is Sheval Tasa Adif. So Rav Asher rules in practice like the Chasim Sofer. If you see a nest 
and you don't particularly want the chicks or the, bir- or, the, or, the, or the birds, you should leave it there unless he says you anyway have to move the nest, you're worried about disease or something, you anyway have to get rid of it, then you might as well do it in a way that you should do it in a way that fulfills the mitzvah. But if, but if you're happy leaving it where it is, leave it alone, don't touch it. So it's a Rosh Weiss and the Chassam Sofer, and I found their position very appealing, so I did not do it. My wife asked me what she should do. So I told her that unless you have, like me, a strong feeling on the matter, so I think Rove, Gedolim, go with the opinion that you should do it, it's a mitzvah to do it, and therefore if you have no, uh, no, no, no strong feelings of your own, then I would recommend she follow the, 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 the more dominant view in the post and she should do it. Simcha was just so excited to do this uh, interesting and uh, uncommon mitzvah that he, uh, he didn't even, he just did it on his own, uh, and, he, and he wanted to do it. My wife felt very bad. She said you know, she had come after a number of people had done it. Some birds don't come back. This bird was coming back, but was getting increasingly agitated. By, as soon as people came over to it, it would start shrieking and squawking. I think it actually flew off even before she got over to it. I was shrieking at her from a telephone wire. She felt so bad. That's the point. The point is, there's definitely a question of Rahmanas here, whether it's Yudafka should not do it for that reason, or Yudafka should, according to the Zohar, but the bird has feelings. And that does, so this is a major machlokas, and uh, post can disagree as to whether a person should, should or should not do the midst of Shiloh HaKain if he doesn't actually have any, any use or any interest for the eggs of the chicks. So I mentioned earlier that there are numerous cases discussed by the poskim, numerous questions about what types of human need justify what types of tsar. So one of the most fascinating discussions in this area concerns vivisection, concerns medical experimentation on animals. This goes back several hundred years to, the, to, a, tshuva of, to a tshuva of Yaakov Reicher and the Shvus Yaakov, the great Polish posik. He was asked, are we allowed to do experiments killing animals, he says, with some benefit to human life? He says that we have some kind of medicine, a sam, which is not like today. We test drugs on animals before we test them on humans. So we have some kind of sam, some kind of drug, which is not yet sufficiently tested. We want to test it by giving it to a cat or a dog to see if they'll die, to see testing for safety. So can we do tests like this on animals, or is it a problem of Tsar Balechayim? So he says, he establishes the basic rule that we've been saying, we're allowed to do Tsar Balechayim for the purpose of human benefit, like Rafua and Tzarech Adam, and even, even for financial benefit. Financial benefit in particular is a subject of considerable debate, but he says you're allowed to do it even for financial benefit. So he says, L'halacha, there's no Isser of Baltashkas and Tsar Balechayim when there's human benefit. Even though the Ramah brings from the Trumas Adeshen that even things which are mutter, people are try to avoid. This is the, the story, a very, a, a very lovely story that Mara has, where it says that the, it says Rabbi Huda Nasi, he suffered terrible Yisurim. It says they, he says he his Yisurim began because of a certain episode, and they and they ceased because of a, a because of a, the book ended by another episode. What happened? So initially there was a calf that was being taken to the slaughter, the literal slaughter, not the proverbial slaughter, and the calf sensed that its end was near, and it was scared, and it ran to Rebbe, Rebbe Udanasi, for protection. The calf. The calf. So Rebbe Udanasi said, go, this is your destiny, this is what you're created for. So when Shemayim, they said, oh, he has no Rachmanus on God's creations, well, we will not have Rachmanus on him, and he suffered terrible, terrible uh, suffering for years. His Yisurim left by a, when, when he finally learned his lesson, the Gemara says. It says that, there was, that his maid was sweeping out the house, and she found some, some rodents, mice, I think, and she was about to sweep them out, and he said, let them go. It says in the Torah, V'racham of al-Kal Nasaf. So Shemayim said, oh, he cares, about, uh, he cares about the defenseless animals, we're going to care about him as well, and they removed his Yisurim. And this Pasuk of V'racham of al-Kal Kalmasov, that's what the Truman Session says, I believe, that's why we, we learn that even things which are mutter, you're certainly allowed to clear mice out of your house. In particular, I would not recommend anyone who hears this share going home to his or her spouse and saying that I, I heard in the share that you should not uh, clear mice out of your house. When there are other human beings' needs at stake, even if you feel like leaving them there, you have to take that into account. But the Shavos Yaakov says, even though there is a question of Akzarius, he says, that, that's worse. We, when you deliberately pull a feather out of an animal, a bird or something like that, that's direct cruelty. Just feeding it some kind of medicine is not as... Just pulling a, uh, a rabbit out of a hat? Pulling a feather off an animal. Pulling a rabbit out of a hat? 
Yes, I don't know. How, I, it's hard for me to, to, to know how much a rabbit suffers by being pulled out of hats. They have uh, Temple Grandin. She's supposed to be an expert in understanding animals' feelings and suffering pain. You know, they, they try to figure it out, whether it's with uh, machinery, EEGs, and so on. Yes, it's a good question, how to figure out how much pain the animal has. But he says that we distinguish between great sour and moderate sour. Great sour should be avoided even when it's mutter for human benefit because of oxarius, but uh, indirect sour, um, it, it, it happens later, and it's... Uh, and it's for a force. But you can do it. He's the first one to discuss medical experimentation. He allows testing drugs on animals. A number of other posts given in the 20th century also discuss medical experimentation on animals, and they're almost all matter. Rav Yaakov Breish and Chalkas Yaakov was asked this question. He establishes the basic rule that Tzar Balachayim is mutter for human benefit. However, he says, you have the Truma Sedeshin that says that it's Achzarius and you shouldn't do it if it's great Tzar. So the, the Shavos Yaakov was make ill when it's just a medicine. You don't directly cause the animal pain. You give it medicine, which eventually might cause it pain. But if you're doing, let's say, you know, vivisection, you're cutting up the animals, he says. You're, you're doing the, the direct uh, the destruction of animals. That, he says, a researcher should avoid, if possible, because of, because of this concern uh, of Oxarius. Rebreich was in Switzerland. Rebreich's Swiss colleague, Rebichil Yaakov Weinberg, the author of the Sri Daesh, Disagrees. He also says it's mutter mikra din because of human benefit. And he says that which Rav Breish said, that it's midas chasidus to avoid it, he says, again, like I said before with the mice, midas chasidus is when it's your own benefit, you want to forego it, uh, midas chasidus, fine, leave the mice in your house. When other people's uh, happiness and welfare is at stake, you're a researcher, you're developing drugs that can save human lives. You're going to say, well, I don't want to do it because of Hasidus. I want to care about the animals. You're, you're sacrificing human, human welfare in general for animals. That, that, that's not a decision you should make, he says. That, that's not what you should do, he says. Who said that Tzar Balachayim is more important than the Tzar of all the sick people you can help? So both Reb Reich and Reb Weinberg say that it's mutter to do these experiments on animals. Reb Reich says it was Midas Hasidus to avoid it. Reb Weinberg says not even Midas Hasidus. You should do it. Belish Shum Gim Gim Pickbook. You should do it. Other posts come as well. Reb Yitzhak Isaac Liebes. In the, in the base Avi, says, in, in, a Rav in New York says it's mutter, Tzitzeliezer discusses the question, also says it's mutter, he says that uh, certainly when it's for science, when it's for medical benefit, it's mutter, he says, and moreover, he goes on and he says, he says, Eshwas Yaakov says it's mutter, in particular, he says, if you, he says, if, he says that he recommends doing it if possible with anesthesia, he says, it's better to do it with anesthesia, local anesthesia, he says, though the animal won't fail it, and anyway, he says he thinks it's better scientifically, for scientific reasons to do it, I guess, where it's not bumping around, and it's, I guess you want to dissect an animal, it's probably easier to do it under some kind of anesthesia. He says, hey, he recommends doing it under anesthesia, but Mikra Din, he says, it's miostope, it's better to do it. Mikra Din, it's mutter, he says. All these posts can say it's mutter. The one great holdout, the one great holdout is a, a fascinating figure, one of my favorite uh, rabbinic figures, is Rebilio Kolatkin. Rebilio Kolatkin was a great Polish goan from a century ago, He's not well-known today, but he was one of the Gidole Hadar of Poland a century ago. He, he was interesting. He, he was not uh, a masculine in any way, but he did have a period, apparently, where he hung around in Russia, I think, the library in St. Petersburg, taught, him, taught himself various languages, read all kinds of stuff. He has a number of fascinating chuvas that deal with matters of science and uh, the, the cutting edge of, of, of uh, scientific culture at the time. So he, he has a long chuva on Tsar Balechaim, in which he's somewhat strict, he talks about he's not so simple, it's mutter for financial benefit, he says. But he says, he says, he says, ain't a dover bar. He's not sure, he says, that you're really allowed to mitzar an animal, such a tsar oyom, a terrible tsar, to do experiments on the animal. He says, it's mutter for refua, he says, an actual refua, to, to cut up an animal, to get something to heal somebody, that you can do. Just for science, for, for learning, he says, it's only a suffix, who knows if it'll work. Even among the Gaim, he says, even among the non Jews. There are those who are very critical of this. She is Marmarubi, his own Nuel Masach, Zarius. He says they, they, they founded societies. The anti-vivisectionist, and he says, the anti-vivisection societies. That was a 19th century thing to oppose uh, cutting up animals while they're alive. Then he says, my wife told me she, she used to work at, at Merck, she said, in drug design. So the building that held the animal subjects was one of the most heavily guarded because there'd be people who would, uh, vigilantes, who would try to break in and rescue the, the poor innocent animals. Rebelio Kolaskin has a lot of sympathy for that position. I don't know about the breaking in part, but a lot of sympathy for those who opposed vivisection. Kolaskin says, he says, they, they had, they, the, the non-Jews had a discussion about this. There, there, was a, there was a congress, he said, of the, the great physicians in London in the year, 
in the year Tough Reish Mamalef. There was a there was a, a major international medical congress of 1881. He he read about this. He says in the English newspaper, the Times, Times of London, the Sunday Times, the fifth of August. He says, and uh, so he read he read the report of this congress. He says, and at this congress, Professor Verkow, that's Professor Rudolf Verkow of Berlin. He's considered the father of modern anatomy. He pioneered the, the, the modern scientific study of anatomy. He gave an explanation. It's not Avel, he said. It's not Absarius. He says, just like, we're allowed, just, like, just like we saw the Ramban said, you're allowed to kill animals, so there is no concern for Tzar Balakai. The Torah, we, we have Rishus to kill animals for other purposes, to eat them, so we have the right to, to, to study them and to do medical experimentations on them as well. That's how science will make great strides forwards, he says. The, the, the study of medicine and physiology, that's how we make such great strides, by doing these experiments. And can we really burden the physicians who are anyway such heroes and they, 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 they risk their lives uh, treating, treating contagious patients and now we're going to say that they have to test medicines on themselves as well? It's, that's not right. So Verkow said that we, it's justified, it's morally justifiable, we have to do it. Says Rav Kalatskin, I read the discussion of the Times, I'm still not impressed, he says, he says, I'll be the laws of the Torah Kedosha. I don't know, he says, I'm not sure that a doctor, a Jewish doctor, is allowed to do such things. He says, the Shechit and the Misi, comparing it to Shechit, the Shechit and the Misa is instantaneous, it's a quick thing. And we said before, it's designed to minimize the Tsar. It's, an, it's, a, it's a momentary suffering, he says. The Tsar Ha'ayim, the terrible, the unbearable pain that an animal has for, for, for hours, for days, many days from these experiments, an animal can survive, he says. Yes, it's true, the Shvus Yaakov was Mekel, he says. But, uh, but he says, again, the Shavos Yaakov said, you can give it the medicine, it might kill it, he says, or it might suffer, he says, but to actually cut up the animal, he says, the mice be a dayim and a tsar maruba and machav ayam, he says. So he's not sure this is mutter. So the mice, we said, most Akronim say it is mutter, Reb Reich, Reb Weinberg, although Reb Reich did say he thought it wasn't Midas Hasidus to avoid it. Reb Weinberg said not even that. The Tzitz and the Beisavi, Based on the Shvus Yaakov or Romekel, but there is one great holdout. You see, Ad You see how you, you see how uh, you see how seriously the Torah takes Tar Balechayim. That uh, that that there is an opinion that even even medical experimentation on animals, even when even when it has potential to to, to help science advance and to save human lives, it's not so posh, not so posh that you can uh, put an animal through such uh, horrifying agony, even if the benefit is going to be uh, substantial progress in in medicine, which can benefit humans.